podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. everyone and welcome along to the latest edition of the TII podcast. My name is Craig Dennett and I'm joined by Ross Chalmers tonight as we look ahead to Aberdeen versus Rangers in the final match before the SPFL split. As I mentioned, I'm joined by Ross Chalmers and how are you doing today, Ross? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks Craig. It's, it's good to be back and in, in talking about Rangers again. It's a it's always a tough place to go for us, Pataudry, and the way Aberdeen look right now, it's it's definitely going to be a tough game. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting stuck right into it. Absolutely, Aberdeen are one of the informed teams in the SPFL uh, Premiership at the moment. They are they've got the second longest ongoing winning run at the moment, as uh, as I think their win over Ross County, where they they won one 0 was their sixth successive win, and within those uh, six wins, they've had five clean sheets. So they're definitely a team. On form, Ross, we had a, I don't know if you could call it a convincing performance against St Mirren last weekend. I think it was, it was a, a game of, I can't call it a game of two halves really. It was a, it was an up and down performance. Let's go for that description. But we did come out 5-2 winners. How are you feeling headed into what is traditionally a difficult game for Rangers? Yeah, I, I think we would be lying to ourselves if we said that was a, a comfortable game for Rangers last week against St Mirren at home. I thought St Mirren were really good that day. Probably showed a wee bit of Rangers' vulnerability still under Michael Beale. There's still maybe some scars there for this team that they've not really been able to shake off as of yet. So, look, it's hard to be too critical about a game when Rangers have scored five goals because we haven't seen a lot of that this season. Uh, there's been plenty of games, especially at home at Ibrox, where we wanted the team to open up. And, and go for the juggler, really. And we have to say that they did. They did do that last weekend. But I think they're going to have to be a lot better uh, on Sunday at Pataudry. I think Aberdeen under Barry Robson have really turned their form around. I think you said it there. I think they've won the, the, the sixth of the last games. The, the, they're flying, really. You know, they've, they've pulled away in third place, which I think before the, the change of manager, Jim Goodwin... I don't think anyone would have seen Aberdeen getting third place this season. Hearts were flying. Now, they've maybe taken advantage of that a wee bit and managed to claw the, uh, the, the gap back, but they've got to be credited for that. So, look, Rangers going to this game, definitely favourites. You know, we've been there this season. It was a late victory that day from Scott Arfield. I think we'd done the podcast that night and it was, yeah, yeah. the euphoria that night was, was great. So, maybe... Not a result like that, or sorry, a, a performance like that again. I'd maybe like it a wee bit more convincing at Potosi, but I have no doubt that it's going to be a really tough game. And Aberdeen will be right up for it; they always are. And uh, Barry Robson understands these fixtures. He's a uh, he's definitely an, an experienced player for the SPFL, and this is his first kind of venture into management. So he'll have his team right up for it. And I'm definitely expecting a tough game. And Rangers will need to show up, and they will need to show up better than they did against the Marin at home last week. Yeah, we'll come on to talk a bit more about Aberdeen as an opposition and what we can expect to see from them a bit later in the podcast. Ross, we go into this game 12 points behind in the league. I think we, everyone, every Rangers fan has accepted that we, we won't be winning the league this season. I don't think that's up for debate. Does that change the way that, as a fan, 
we look at this game and does it change what we would expect from the team performance-wise, do you think? I think you would be lying if you said as a fan you maybe don't go into these games with, with as much anxiety as you usually would because you understand that the league is going to be really difficult to claw back at this point. And I think that's me being optimistic. The league really is done. Okay, so we just have to be honest with that. We're going to have to accept that now. For the players, I think, especially moving into to the semi-final uh, next week against Celtic, this is a real opportunity for them to try and gain momentum again going into this game. Of course, you could say they've gained momentum with the, the victory against St Mirren. But Aberdeen's a tough place to go and it puts down a bit of a marker going into that game. Uh, Celtic will be confident going into that fixture. They'll be favourites, unfortunately, rightly so, with the last three fixtures going their way. So, yeah, look, the players have to relish this opportunity uh, to really put a marker down, like I said. And I really I really hope the players come out flying in this one because I, I just want to see that intensity is still there. I think I've always came up with a line in the, in the last few months when it comes to Rangers in this league that the players have to believe that this, this title is still there to be won. Unfortunately, now I think the players would probably hold their hands up and say it's, it's, it's too far. But I still want to see performances till the end of the season. There's a lot of players in there that are fighting for their place. Uh, I think you could go through the whole team, to be honest, and say players are fighting for their place. There's plenty of players in there as well that are linked with moves away. So it'll just be interesting for the rest of the season to see how Rangers show up in these these SPFL games, especially going into the split as well when there's not maybe as much to play for now. So, yeah, look, I'm looking for a performance, a performance going into this next week and and give the, the squad itself and fans uh, real confidence going into that semi-final at Hamden. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see how, as a team, we approach this game. I think, especially in games at Petaudry, they can tend to be end-to-end and quite open games and, and very physical games as well. I do wonder if if Rangers do go ahead, that actually they just keep the keep the pedal to the floor and just keep it as almost a, a basketball game, which no manager wants wants the game to be. But almost the Rangers just continue to play how they want to play, and really they they won't sit back and try and protect a one 0 lead. For example, they'll just keep going forward and keep trying to press and keep trying to to, to push um, in that final third for more goals. And I, do you, would you agree that that's maybe something that might be different to a normal league game at Pataudry that actually if Rangers are 1-0 up they're, they're probably not going to sit back and, and defend that lead they're probably just going to keep going You'd like to think so, there's not really any jeopardy involved is there in this fixture you know that you can go out and kind of play in the style that you want to see, I think you know we were in the press conference last week with Michael Beale and, and we were a bit surprised by the way he came in and, and kind of his demeanour after the game but what he picked on that day that I thought was really interesting was out of possession. He still feels that Rangers have a long way to go out of possession. And I think that is probably what we will see at Pataudry. I think you'll see a team that will be really, really aggressive and really front foot. And that is the that is the style that Michael Beale wants to play. And look, Michael Beale, if he was honest, he would hold his hands up and say, I would like to be playing something in these league fixtures. I'd like to be playing for something. And he would, he would probably want that jeopardy, but this is now an opportunity for him to really stamp his style. He maybe still doesn't have enough of these players. Uh, he maybe doesn't have the squad that he's looking for, but he certainly has enough there to see the style that he wants to see going forward. So I expect a really aggressive Rangers and I expect them to be really on it out of possession. And, and like you said, you know, if they do go a goal up, you know, I want them to go for it. I want them to try and get a big scoreline here because, like I said previously, 
it's a tough place to go. It always is a tough place to go for us uh, Pathology. So I want to see the team respond and, and really relish it. Yeah, like you said, we were in the, the post-match press conference at Ibrox with Michael Beale and Todd Cantwell was one of the players that he picked out for praise initially. He also called him out for his reaction to losing the ball ahead of St Mirren's first goal. He said that what he's, he said basically he likes what he's been seeing from Todd Cantwell, but there's much more to come and he, and he's going to keep pushing for that that even better performance than what we've seen so far. Is Todd Cantwell one of the players that you would expect or hope would make a difference for us on Sunday against Aberdeen? And who else, what other players kind of fall into that category? I think it's interesting because when you've asked me that question in terms of leading up to this game, Todd Cantwell is actually the first person I think of. And I think it's probably because on my mind is that performance against St Mirren. I thought he was... I thought he was superb that day. You know, I, I think I lavish praise on him in that post-match that we we done. And he's the first player I'm thinking of at the moment in this Rangers team, probably because he's bringing a bit of a freshness. And I think he's actually filling a role that we've struggled to fill for a long time. Someone that can play in a midfield three. And, is, you know, he's, he's looking to burst forward wherever he can. He's very creative. He takes risks. And I think we've needed that for a long time. And... A player like that in a midfield three, you're maybe more understanding if a Jack or a Lundstrom plays, plays next to him because you can allow these guys to go. Um, that's, of course, we don't always want to see a Jack and Lundstrom pairing. I think we've all had enough of that as fans this season. But I think a player like Todd Cantwell, he's definitely the first person I think of. Other than that, I think for me, Fashion Sakal is always an interesting one away from home. At home... Again, we, we go back to the St Mirren fixture. I think Michael Beale picked him out in his press conference and said he felt he was a wee bit erratic. And I think we can all agree as fans that's maybe that maybe sums up Fashion Sakala perfectly. But away from home, I think he's such a threat. He's such a threat to opponents that are going to be a wee bit braver at home. They're going to push their line forward. They're going to try and be aggressive off the ball. And Fashion Sakala is very good at exploiting space. He's very quick. He's a very good dribbler, can carry the ball but actually what probably goes under the radar a wee bit is I think Fajan Zakala's movement's pretty good as well. He understands where the space is. I think we've seen that a lot uh, that night at Easter Road against Hibs. He was moving into that left kind of space behind their fullback so many times and we were creating so many opportunities from it. So they're the two that I think of in this fixture. How he squeezes them into the team is another debate. You know, Ryan Kent might be back for this game. We're unaware at this point when we're, uh, you know, participating in this podcast, but they're definitely the two for me and Fashion Zakala away from home, such a threat. And I, I love watching them away from home. I, I don't know what it is. My, my perception of them changes completely away from home than it is to home, which is quite strange. But I'm always interested in seeing how we can exploit space away from home. And I just want to see that pace. That pace of Petrodery is something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think away from home is where Fashion Zakala can thrive. I think teams are more likely to come out and have a bit of a go at us. Away from home, particularly when you're visiting Tynecastle, Easter Road, Petaudry, these kind of venues, teams are more likely to to push up and leave a bit of space in behind. And I really think that's when Fashion Sakala thrives. And I think, to be honest, I, I was we were sitting at the Samarin game last week, Ross, and I said to you, I would play Fashion Sakala in almost 0% of home games, but I would play him in 100% of away games. And I think that's where we can see the real benefit of Fashion Sakala. 
I think Todd Cantwell, it goes without saying, is going to be a, a pivotal player in almost every game he plays for Rangers. And I think we'll really, whenever he's out the team for whatever reason, we'll really miss his presence. Be interesting to see if Malik Tillman plays alongside him in that midfield and we go for the more attacking three, I guess, with a with Raskin sitting behind the two. I think that's probably the preferred midfield. We'll come on to team lineups in a bit, but that's probably the preferred midfield for most of the games that, that Rangers play that I'd like to see. You've mentioned uh, Ryan Kent there. We've, this week, we have seen some rumours that Burnley have made their move for Ryan Kent and he could potentially be moving away from Rangers in the summer. I think more and more fans as it's been spoken about, are on board with the fact that Ryan Kent's time at Rangers is coming to an end and actually the contribution levels that Ryan Kent has made at Ibrooks, especially over the last two seasons, hasn't really been value for money or what we need from someone in that position. So if Ryan Kent is fit, I think it'll be really interesting to see if he, if he does play. And if he doesn't play, I think Michael Beale is still talking in a way that Rabi Matondo has a chance to prove himself. And he may well be someone that, if Ryan Kent isn't fit, comes in and in, in on that left-hand side. Now, I think that will be really interesting, and he will be definitely someone with with something to prove. He's not, apart from one game against St Johnston, really, he's not shown up in in any game for Rangers since he's been here. He's been injured for quite a significant period of time. He was on the bench for quite a significant period of time, and he's definitely someone with something to prove. And to be honest. Get a penny for Yanis Hadji's thoughts at this stage. He's he's someone who's been back from injury and has played a grand total of maybe 40, 50 minutes or so of football, I think, in, in total. And that's no that's nowhere near as much as many minutes as I thought Yanis Hadji would play. I thought he would be gradually just increase his minutes, increase his minutes, and then he's back in he's back in real contention, especially for that that um, right-hand slot in the front three, I thought that was potentially tailor-made for Yanis Hadji, if I'm being honest. So I think the fact he has not played a great deal suggests Michael Beale thinks there's better within the squad and it'll be really interesting to see what Yanis Hadji ends up in the summer. But I think there's plenty of, of players with, with stuff to prove. We've not spoke, we spoke earlier in, in the week on the Monday podcast about Ben Davies and sort of criticism that he's received unfairly, I think, in, in my opinion, albeit he's not been at his best in the last two games, particularly in the one at the Old Firm, but I think he had enough credit in the bank to to for us to give him the time to to correct those errors that he has been making. So there's plenty of people with, with stuff to prove. And I think the positive thing for us is that most of them are in the forward areas. Most of them are in, are in the final third. And as a fan watching the game, that should lead to hopefully more goals or at least more chances and more exciting football, um, especially like we saw in the last 10, 15 minutes against St Mirren at the weekend. Um, I guess we spoke about who's got something to prove. We spoke about the players that will make the difference. Let's talk a little bit about the opposition. Let's talk a little bit about Aberdeen. Uh, we'll come on to a player that you admire, Ross. Um, who are Aberdeen's players to watch? I assume Duke will be in there. Leighton Clarkson as well has been impressing, scored some great goals since he's been up and going at Aberdeen's uh, from Liverpool. Who are the players that, that we need to watch out and be careful for? I, th- I think the two furthest forward for Aberdeen are the, the two to look out for, to be honest. It seems the easy pick, but I think it's obvious. But what I would say is, that, of course, it's the Rangers podcast, but I felt in the summer that Aberdeen did a lot of good recruitment. Uh, I thought they... 
they made two big sales in, in Calvin Ramsey and Lewis Ferguson, and they've used the money really well. I think between them, uh, Mayovsky and Duke, the two players that I'm referring to, I think it was around a million they paid for the two players combined. I mean, you have to look at that now and you just have to applaud it, really. It's really good recruitment. Uh, they've got that spot on. I think it's 16 goals for Duke and uh, it's 15 for Mioski. I mean, that's a great return uh, for two players of that value. And I think Duke is is definitely a player that he will be moving on in the summer from Aberdeen. And that, I don't mean that to, to be a criticism, but I think he has a higher level uh, of, of playing for Aberdeen. Unfortunately, I think it's a player that I was interested in personally early on this season. I could see kind of some signs that he looked a bit of a dangerous player. Coming from Benfica, you know that he's going to have good development behind him. So I, he's definitely the one to watch for me. I think he'll move on this summer. So we definitely have to try and keep him quiet. And we've seen from Miofsky that he can score. You know, he scored against us in that se- uh, the semi-final of the League Cup at Hamden. So he's a clinical finisher. Leighton Clarkson's a good one as well, on loan from Liverpool. They've definitely got some quality in there, Aberdeen. I think they've had a bit of a tough season all round. If they end up getting third, it's an absolutely great season for them, really, to be honest with you. And I think they'll look back and go, we made a great decision getting rid of Jim Goodwin. But I think Rangers have to be wary that this is a team on the up. You know, six games, winning in a row is not easy. Uh, regardless of the league, the SPFL, it's it's difficult to go on runs like that, especially for the teams below the old firm. So they definitely deserve respect at this point in time. And, you know, Duke is the main one for me. We'll definitely have to keep him quiet. Where they play him will be interesting. Uh, I think what they tried at Ibrox early on this season was they tried to play him behind the striker, and I, I'm not sure against us that suits him. I think if Aberdeen are, are thinking about it smartly, they'll, they'll try and play him on the last man here, and uh, they'll try and get him as many opportunities around the box as possible. So, look, we've seen him score. I think he scored in the game at the 3-2 game, didn't they, at Pataudry? Yeah. So, listen, he's a danger, and uh, we'll need to be all over it, and Sometimes you go, well, most games in the SPFL, I think most Rangers fans would go into it and, and maybe not appreciate the other sides and think that we should have enough regardless. But I think he's shown this season that he's definitely a player with, you know, good quality, high potential, and, and we'll need to be all over it to get a result. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm going to stick on the Duke point. Um, he's one that you, as a player that, as I said, you admire. I think you can tell from the way you've, you're talking about him there that he's a player that impresses you. He's one that some Rangers fans have said we should potentially sign. Um, and I see the smile on your face because I, I already know what answer you're going to give to this one. He's a, he's a player that we should potentially sign uh, come the summer. Aberdeen are obviously going to ask for a for a maximum fee. I saw I saw one Aberdeen post saying that they shouldn't accept any less than fifteen million pounds for him. I think that's um I think that's reaching just a little bit. I think probably the three and a half to five million pound range is where is where they they'll find that the fee that they get is is he a player that or is he the type of player I guess that you would like to see at Ibrooks? We we've spoken about a lot that we don't raid for want of a better word other clubs within the SPFL for their for their better players kind of Bayern Munich style let's let's go for and, and 
almost pick off the better players from other teams in the SPFL. Is he one that you would like to see at Ibrox? I think this is a wider discussion we've had before, Craig, that I don't feel the club do enough with domestic players and they don't target them enough. I think we've seen plenty of good players over the years now, you know, leave the SPFL and, and do well and show how good they are. And I think there's a few players in the league at the moment, I wouldn't name them explicitly, that I think Rangers should be interested in looking at. Now, to answer your question, you know, shortly, yeah, I would, I would probably go for Duke and I would try and sign him. What I will say is I don't think it's feasible now. Uh, I think the fee that Aberdeen would demand, I just can't see Rangers being willing to to forfeit that kind of money. You know, I think you're right there. I think I think Aberdeen will look for big money. I think they'll look for at least four or five million for this guy. So I just don't think that's a risk worth taking. That doesn't take anything away from the player. I think he's a good player, but it comes down to how can you use that money correctly to to facilitate the squad how can you use that money to to refresh areas and i think we could use it in better areas to be honest with you but that doesn't take anything away from the player and i think the wider discussion on that is that we should be targeting more players there i think we said this in previous podcasts there does seem seem to be a wee bit of a snobbery around the spfl players and domestic players and sometimes feel that there's no quality in this league outside the old firm but I think there is. I think there's good players in this league and I wish we'd talk up the league more, to be honest. But I just think, and I'd be curious to see what you think, I just think the fee that Aberdeen demand, I just don't think it's feasible. I think it's one that we'll let him move on and he'll probably go down south to a, a championship team. I would have to agree with that, if I'm being honest. I think if he was hovering around the £3 million mark, we might we might take a bit of a punt on him, given how well he's done this season and obviously his pedigree coming from Benfica's under-21s um, side of things. And I think that had the fee been £2.5 to £3 million, we're probably in and around there um, sniffing about his signature. But I think if it goes up higher than that, £3.5 to £5 million, you're already looking at a £5 million outlay for Malik Tillman. Um, there are other areas of the of the team that really need to strengthen, albeit out wide is, is one of the areas that we need to focus on in the summer. I just don't see us paying the, let's call it the Rangers premium um, to a, to another SPFL club, even if it is a player like that. And Rangers obviously are often expected to pay more for players than a club from the championship would be to another SPFL team. And I just don't think Duke has quite had the, the web that, I guess the the level of game time that we would want or to prove that it's not just a one season flash in the pan. You don't have the many seasons of evidence for it to to be able to back up that decision. And I think that probably tips us against signing him if the if the fee goes to three and a half to five million pounds. It's a player I think is really good and he's definitely one we'll need to watch out for on Sunday. Ross, one of the before we move on to the the sort of lineup prediction and the scoreline prediction, one of the main talking points this week uh, in Scottish football has been around Graham Shinney's red card against Ross County, the subsequent appeal from Aberdeen, and then the I'm, I'm going to go for baffling decision from the SPFL to add on an extra game to the to the ban, upping it from three to four games. I think I think the the rule says a due to a frivolous appeal or a, an appeal that has no chance of success. Um, what did you make of that Graham Shinney instant and what did you make of the subsequent fallout of the from the SPFL appeal? 
Well, I think we may be getting accused of bias here because I think you know what my answer is going to be, uh, and especially leading up to the fixture of the weekend. I think it's a red card. I, I'm not sure in, in modern-day football that you're ever going to get away with that. Uh, maybe 20, 25 years ago you would, but I just think the rule set now is that, you know, it, it, he's, he's went over the top of the ball. It's excessive force. He's caught him high. I, I just, VAR is always going to catch that. I, I just think it's a clear red card, to be honest with you. And look, I understand sometimes people get a wee bit frustrated when it comes to challenges like that. You know, he's won the ball. He's not necessarily meaning to catch the man, but listen, you take a risk, you know, going in at that kind of force, that aggressiveness. And, and we don't want to lose that from the game. Absolutely, we don't. We want tackles to be made and, and we want blow for blow tackles like that, 50-50s, but it's not really a 50-50. He's over the top of the ball and he could have definitely, I think it's Jack Baldwin. I may, I may be wrong on that, but he, he definitely could have injured the player there. So, yeah, look, nothing to do with the fixture this weekend between the two teams, but it's a red card for me. As for the kind of appeal process, I understand what you're saying. It seems a bit of a strange one to to extend the ban. I'm not a great believer in that, but I think the whole idea is to to prevent people from making appeals every single week, every single time they, they lose a man to a red card. And I, the thing is with that one, I, I think it's a red card, but I'm not sure that there's no chance it's ever been looked at in terms of an appeal. So I think overall the ban itself is quite harsh. Four games, I think three games is plenty, to be honest with you, for the challenge. I think you know that Graham Shiddy's not deliberately going in, the, in there to harm the man. He's just went in a wee bit too hard. He's went over the ball and, and it's a bit of a risky challenge. So, yeah, overall, agree with you. Red card and, uh, yeah, a bit, a bit harsh in the appeal process, but that's what we've come to expect now from the SFA in this appeal process. You don't really know what way it's going to go, to be honest with you. We've seen that over the years. Yeah, I think I referred to it as the SPFL appeal process, but you're right, it is the SFA um, that are in charge of, of that side of things. But I'd have to say that I think the extra game suggests there's been a bit of back and forth between Aberdeen and, and the SFA around this one, and the, the SFA have, have had enough, basically, and they just wanted to make a point. I think the, every week you see red cards appealed, that you think there's no chance of them winning it and never do you see an extra game added on. And this time the SFA have had have chosen to add on an extra game. And I think there's there must be something going on in the background for that to be the case because I don't think, like you say, I don't think there was no chance of, of that appeal winning. I think it's up for discussion. We've seen it debated at length on social media. So I I think absolutely there was a there was a case to be made for it not being a red card. But I think on the grand scheme of things, on the balance of, of everything, what you see, I think it is a red card in, in today's game. Back on to Rangers, Ross. What's, I guess, going into these games, even the St Mirren game last week, we spoke about what players is Michael Beale going to give a chance to prove themselves. We've got six games now to the summer, effectively, potentially seven if we're successful in the in the um, Scottish Cup semi-final. There's plenty of game time there. League games, as we've said, the league is pretty much over. We spoke about the likes of Matondo. We spoke about the likes of Hadji. There are a few other players in there as well that I think still have to prove themselves to the manager. Are you expecting some of those players to come into the starting lineup at Pataudry or are you expecting actually it's probably going to be more of the same given the game we've got ahead the following weekend? Do you know what, Craig? I never really understand the, this debate between fans in terms of 
you know, oh, this is the time to play the young boys and this is the time to to throw guys in that haven't really had a chance because Michael Beale has to win every single game of football at Rangers. That is the the pressure that he's at. He has, that's the expectation and he is going to play the best team available for him. And the best team available for him are the players that have, he's been playing often lately, to be honest with you. You can go through most of his starting 11s and you would probably agree with, with most of them. Maybe The midfield is always up for debate. It just seems to be always up for debate being a Rangers fan, right? But I never really understand that, especially when you have a game like this, the Scottish Cup semi-final coming up. You want to be building momentum for this team. You don't want to be chopping and changing. You don't want to be bringing guys in that need game time. After the semi-final, we'll see what happens from it. We've got a good number of games before playing any potential final. You'll maybe see guys come in uh, when the scoreline's a wee bit closer. He'll maybe take a wee bit more risks. I think we've seen that against the Mirren at the weekend. He, w- he was making changes and and I thought, mm, it's a bit early for that. So I think you'll see more of that, but I just cannot see Michael Beale completely just playing a second team one week to try and get boys minutes. I just don't think that's how it's going to work. And it's just a... It's just an, an argument or a de- debate between the fans I've never understood. I think you play the best team available for you in that game and it's up to players within that squad to break in. You know, yeah, they need I, I to try think, and force the way in. I don't think we'll ever see him play a second team, for example, in these yeah. kind of games. But dropping in one, two, maybe three maximum players like Matondo, like Hadji, like giving Yilmaz game time if he's... Once he's back fit, I think those kind of decisions will be interesting to see if we do. But on to your starting lineup for for Sunday. Can you can you run us through your your first eleven? Oh, that's an interesting one. Imagine I just came out with a full second team there after the second, after giving that speech. That'd be hilarious. No, so I, I I'll go for the the usual what we've seen. I think I think he's going to leave a few players out in terms of the the injuries they've been carrying. So I can't see a corner Golson being risked here. I don't think a Ryan Kent will be risked either. I think he'll be left out of this one. So I think I'm I'm going to expect McGregor and goals, uh, a back four of Tavernier, Suter, Davies and Barisic. I think I'll go for Lundstrom, Raskan and Cantwell in midfield. And up front, I would like to see uh, Malik Thielman, Fashion Sakala and Alfredo Morelos. That would be my team, especially going into next week. Try and build a wee bit of momentum. And if the big players are back, like Connor Golds and Ryan Kent, I know we've had the discussion earlier about Ryan Kent, the contract situation. As long as Ryan Kent's a Rangers player, he'll play. Uh, and I think that's something we'll have to accept. So, yeah, that, that would be my team going into this, this fixture at the weekend. I don't think I can argue with much of it. I think it'll be interesting to see if Antonio Cholak is back um, with, with some fitness. I think as a result of him missing last week's game, Alfredo Morelos will be the one that that lead to the line um, is is Alfredo Morelos is an interesting one because in many games, particularly against other teams in the top six, Alfredo Morelos leading the line is is almost I think viewed as the better option uh, compared to Antonio Cholak, and I can't disagree with that one. Given his contract situation, I think it's a, it's an interesting choice. I would tend to put him in the same category as you've just put Ryan Kent as as long as he's a Rangers player. Is going to play. Do you think we'll, we'll see Alfredo Morelos not just in this game on Sunday against Aberdeen, but through to the end of the season, he'll be he'll be the number one striker that we'd sign. Yeah, I, I think so. I think look, Antonio Cholak's done pretty well under Michael Beale when he's had the opportunity, but I think he's been a wee bit unlucky. He's picked up another injury now. He had an injury when he first came in, and 
he had a good run of form for a wee bit there, but he's dropped off slightly. And I think, look, I think for Michael Beale now, he'll, he'll really be sitting back and feeling, I need a number nine this summer. That needs to be one of the priorities that I need to bring in. So I think until the end of the season, Alfredo Morelos will play. I think if we're all honest, you compare the two players and you compare them at their best, there's only one player you're picking, especially in a Rangers team. It's Alfredo Morelos. He's got all that experience behind him. So, yeah, I expect him to play. For me, he's, he's coming off the back of two goals against Mirren. I think this is where you try and squeeze everything out of Alfredo Morelos going into the semi-final at, at Hamden against Celtic. You want to keep that good run of form going the good feeling that he's got now. He's got his two goals. He was dying to get a hat-trick last week. You know, I, I want, this is what I see. What This is what I want to see from Alfredo Morelos, the hunger. So if we can get him flying through this game at Patoji, hopefully he gets another goal. He goes into the same final at Hamden as, in, as a real opportunity, his last opportunity to to prove what he's got again against Celtic. So, yeah, I, I want to see Alfredo Morelos until, until the end of the season there. Yeah, I think I think I can't disagree with that, and I think it will be the case, particularly heading into the the semi final against Celtic. Alfredo Morelos, we know the more game time he gets leading up to big games, the better he tends to perform. If he's a bit stop start, his performance tends to show that. So I think Alfredo Morelos will lead the line on Sunday, and he will lead the line the following week at Hamden as well. Just to round off this preview of Aberdeen versus Rangers, Ross, give us a score prediction. Oh, it's a tough one. I think I've got the last game in my mind. So I'm thinking it's going to be close again. But I think I'm going to go for 3-1 Rangers. And I'll go for a Morelos double at Pataudry. The last time he's there, I'll go for a Morelos double, 3-1 Rangers. Given us predicted goal scorers and everything, that's well beyond the, the call of duty, that one. It's I'm... just confidence, isn't it? I'm, <laughs> I'm buzzing here with confidence going into this fixture after this preview. I'm uh, I'm going to go three two Rangers. I think it'll be an end to end game. Like I said, I don't think Rangers will sit back at any point and defend. I think we'll keep pushing, but that will leave us susceptible at the back, and will be interesting to see. I imagine it'll be um, Davis and Suter again at the back. So it'll be interesting to see how how they cope for a third game together, given how the previous two games have gone. Um, so I think we'll be susceptible to conceding, but I do think we'll have the attack enough attacking firepower to to come out with the win uh, on Sunday. Here's hoping anyway, and another three points for Rangers. Ross, thank you very much for joining us on this preview of Aberdeen versus Rangers. Yep, it's been a pleasure, Craig. Thank you. That was that was a good breakdown. I think we, we discussed two teams fairly there. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And, and let's hope it's three points for Rangers on Sunday leading into this big game next week. Absolutely. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the TII podcast, toggle on those notifications, and you'll get an email every single time we go live or upload a podcast. Our next uh, podcast will be an immediate post-match reaction to Aberdeen versus Rangers, where the team will be back to analyse all of the goings-on at Pitodre on Sunday afternoon. Until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network.